On this episode of the Liberty Corner podcast, you offer data creating from scratch. It will not definitely be the the final offer that you have in five years. <laughs> if we don't have an offer that people want to buy, then all the marketing in the world will not do anything for you. Tell me a little bit about your business. What do you do? Hey, Leonen. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, so I um, I consider myself as a business mentor for people that work in the uh, help industry. You know, so. I'm, People like coaches, mentors, consultants, uh, people that live a life, have a life, living, helping, helping other people succeed. Um, and yeah, and I do it through a, uh, a, bit, a bit of a counterintuitive uh, strategy and approach, which, which I call it anti-marketing. And we can discuss it a bit further, but that's basically uh, what I what I do. I would like to talk a little bit more about your coaching and mentoring. Uh, before we go into the anti-marketing um, strategy, do you have maybe some advice someone could follow if they want to get their first client? If they want to get their first client. Yeah, so what I usually uh, recommend people is that they first of all get get very clear on who, who are they wanting to help, right? So what is the niche, mm -hmm. right? Who is the yeah. specific person and the, the, the very specific problem that are trying to solve? Uh, because that's 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 the basics of it all. If you don't have that very cl clarified and clear, all the rest will be much more difficult. So uh, I recommend people that first start, start with there. Okay, so who's the person? Mm -hmm. What kind of context does this person live? And what problem is she suffering with? Or which specific objective does she have? Um, and then what I recommend is not for us to stay in our mind, which is most of us do this, is uh, we try to uh, invent a program or a course all from our mind. And um, I, I fell in that trap as well. I, I, I did multiple times, like creating a course for six weeks and then launching it to the public, and uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing happens. <laughs> so what I recommend is for us to start uh, talking to people that would be our ideal client, right? Uh, interviewing them, uh, asking questions, um, like uh, like what is your current frustrations? What, what are you suffering currently? How, how does it look like in your day-to-day -day life? What are your main goals and objectives? Because then you are asking, uh, basically you're asking the market to tell you what they want and what they want to you to communicate and uh, market and create, right? So that's the yeah. thing I, I most recommend that most people skip this step. <laughs> I skipped for years and years, um, but it really makes the difference because it makes your life much easier. You, you are more sure of what you should say, how you should say it, uh, what kind of product or course does that person actually need uh, in order to reach a specific transformation um, and you have the words to use in your communication so it's basically people telling you what they want to hear from you right yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I recommend people to interview at five to ten people that we know are those uh, people in that specific niche um, and then that opens up a lots of lots of opportunities because You go back, you create a, a program, and then you, go, you can go back to all those people you talked initially with and say, oh, you, so you said you had these problems and these goals. I have this program that helps you actually solve the problem. <laughs> and you can immediately get some clients through that easy, super basic strategy, which is talking to people. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I also strategy. think it's a little bit about just trial and error. You, you just have to try something. Yes. And um, how would you go about the, the first steps of, of doing it? I felt always overwhelmed with where to start. What? How do I know that I'm on the right track? Uh, I, I think you would just have to try something, but um, how, how do you get more clarity uh, in these early stages? 
Yeah, definitely. You're completely right. It's, it's never. Uh, it's, it's always a work in progress. Your your offer that you're creating from scratch, it will not definitely be the the final offer that you have in five years. <laughs> it will be constantly mutating because after you create the first draft, it's basically a first draft. You start talking to people, showing mm. it to people. They will give you feedback. They will say, oh, "I'm not ready for this," or they'll start giving you objections uh, like, "Is it the price? Is it? Oh, I'm not. I don't think I can do this," or "I, I think this is too advanced for me." Or, you start getting that feedback when you are talking to people, right? Presenting it to people. Um, and of course, your, your offer will be shaped through the, first, the, the beta version you launch. Uh, you'll get those first one, two, three, five people inside. And then together with them, you will basically create a better offer because they're, they're, you're creating it together. You're, you're putting out what you thought they needed. And then you can ask them questions. Oh, what do you need for next week? I'm actually, I thought of creating this. Uh, do you think you need this or something? Else? So with that beta group, you can actually create together and not only on your mind. Uh, and yeah, you create yeah. something very strong, very strong that, uh, that will be that people actually want and need and uh, solves all the doubts people have in their minds and obstacles. Um, so that's basically the starting point of, of an offer. That's always a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. And the way to collect those people uh, is like, Hustling and asking your <laughs> current contact list. Um, you, you basically, I'm, I'm sure you have currently in your world already five to seven or eight potential high ticket paying clients that are, mm. are targeted for your offer. You can look at your contact lists, your past clients if you had some or some leads you had in the past. You can look at your current audience if you have an audience, a thousand people, two thousand people. That's it's enough to start off already. And you can also tap into your network of. Uh, potential partners you might have in your world. Um, because one thing that I defend a lot in my anti-marketing approach is for you to leverage the, the referrals. So basically, uh, you proactively say, look guys, I, I have this program and I have this uh, referral program that I, I can give you a commission if you bring me clients that, are, that, are, that fit these conditions, right? Uh, and if you start doing this constantly and, and systematically, you'll start having a network of people that are sending you clients, right? Instead mm -hmm. of you trying to look for clients all the time um, and doing crazy things. So what's the difference between just an average offer that you make someone and an irresistible offer that's... Yeah, but the, the, how, how to make it irresistible. <clears throat> so, well, like I said, we, we, have, we have the tendency to be in our mind and think what people need, and then we create something that goes after that idea, right? And then it hits, mm -hmm. it, it hits against a brick wall because it's not what people actually wanted. It's not what they desire to do, to, to do or fulfill. Or, and so most people will ignore that kind of offer. If we just on our mind, create something based on our frameworks and strategies, it will, will hit against a brick wall. So what I do recommend is first to like talk to people, interview them, of course, that's the first thing, and then try to extract what is actually the, the, the most urgent problem they have. Like what is, what is causing them to be desperately looking for a solution. They tried multiple things, nothing worked, and they need to solve that now. Uh, that's the kind of problem we have to go after. Uh, that, that's the basic of the creation of a, an irresistible offer. Um, because if you don't look for those problems that people want to solve now, they will just say something, oh, okay, one day I'll think about that offer you have for me, but it's not something that I need now. So people just postpone and push back, right? Yeah. So, it, But if we go after a, a very urgent problem, uh, that someone has, for example, if uh, if you're um, a single mom, that you are very busy at work and you, you're struggling with your relationship with your teenage son, <laughs> you're a single mom, you cannot juggle with all those things and you feel like you're losing your, your, 
your son or like something's going to happen. So that's something urgent that she wants to solve now, right? And mm-hmm. it's something that she wakes up every day thinking, I need to find a solution for this. I already tried so many things. I don't have time. Or, uh, so if you, if you, if you um, enter in contact with that mom, mother and say, look, I have this specific offer that helps you very easily in a very, in a very simple way uh, to, um, you know, improve the relationship with your teenager son so he can be much more connected with you and his future is assured. So you understand you have to find this um, pain point that the person is mm-hmm. having daily uh, and recreate the offer around that. So that's, that's, that's the first big uh, part of creating a, an offer. And then, of course, you have to, after identifying the problem, you have to know what that person actually wants, what is her desire, what is her, the, the, the desired outcome, like how would life be better if I had this problem solved? Uh, so, and then we, we reach, we know that also by interviewing people initially, we ask all those questions, right? So we can know exactly what they fear now and what they actually wish to have. Um, and this is how we create a, a program that says, okay, you have this specific problem and I can help you reach this goal that you so desire. And, and we describe it very well, like uh, uh, not mm. not being very generic in uh, in a way that, look, you'll have a better relationship. No, you you describe the risk, how that will be, how, how do the person feel daily? Uh, you'll you'll get home for, for, in case of the mom. Right? You get home and your son will be hugging you, and then you'll be doing homework together, and then you know describing how the best future uh, will be. Uh, so those two things are already a very strong sign of a of a of a good offer. Yeah. And there's other op- options that we can look at, but uh, with those two, I think we we have the basis. Yeah. So I, from that, I take just knowing your client really well or your potential client uh, really know really well not just on a um, surface level but yeah. really understanding uh, they deep that the deeper frustrations that they have in their daily lives and because if, is, if we don't know know that we start being very generic and very using yeah. common words that are nice to hear yeah, but yeah. don't mean anything to the person yeah. yeah it's so common in marketing that you just hear some words uh, thrown <laughs> out there and you don't really know what what they mean or They could be advertising all kinds of products with the same words, right? Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. And is, uh, is this what, um, what, what your anti-marketing approach, um, is this what, what, what connects to this? Yes, it's, um, well, it all, starts, it all starts with that. If we don't have an offer that people want to buy, then all the marketing in the world will not do anything for you, even if you put crazy ads and funnels and invest a lot of money you'll basically just be uh, wasting money it's like uh, ads in that off in that case when you don't have a, a good offer it's like putting uh, gas on a pile of sticks and then hoping that there's a fire you know? but there's there's no flame so it, and the offer is that little flame that little spark that when you put gas which is the ad will explode but in my mm-hmm. opinion um, we we don't need that and uh, we should not be focusing on creating very complex strategies uh, at, yeah. in the beginning stages and in my opinion until you reach the five to 10K a month level, you don't need to do those things. And, and you shouldn't actually, because you need to save a good budget into ads, into, you know, test different things and et cetera. Uh, until then, the, so the anti-marketing strategies is leveraging what you already have in your world. That's basically it. So you have, you have your knowledge and, uh, and the expertise, create an irresistible offer that you can use it with what you currently have nowadays. You can tap into your current contact list if you have previous clients you had, leads, uh, even people on your friends list or that you know. 
um, I'm sure you'll find their potential uh, ideal clients in your contact list and you can talk to them, interview them, get to know them and then even sell their, their offer to them. Ask those people if they know anyone, uh, ask for referrals. Um, you can also leverage your current audience if you have a, at least 1,000, 2,000 people in your uh, social media following. Um, it's also a good way for you to extract potential clients from there using what I call the, the, the hand raiser method, uh, which is kind of kind of posts that uh, um, instead of just creating content, generic content, uh, uh, saying the five, five top things you should do or uh, adding value in different ways, uh, there's specific posts where you say that, um, look, I, I'm looking for like five people that will be, that want to reach this specific goal that we figured out uh, after we interviewed people. Uh, and if you are, uh, if they have these specific uh, characteristics of the, of the audience, um, please let me know and I'll send you the details, right? something like that. Mm. Uh, because these kind of posts are, uh, make, make the right people raise their hands, oh, I'm interested, I want to know a bit more. And it, it generates the possibility of you to having conversations with those people, right? You can send message, uh, direct message, right? And you can ask mm -hmm. more questions, qualify the person, see if she actually has the problem you, you solve and if she has the, the ability to participate and buy. And then you simply just, okay, uh, let's book a call and I can show you how it works. And, you know, so like, like this, you can use leverage your current audience um, with these specific posts that make them raise their hands in a very, mm -hmm. in a very um, unworried way. Like you, you're saying basically, look, I have this, uh, this box of cookies. Do you want one? <laughs> if you don't want it, it's fine. <laughs> it's, very, it's very, very relaxed way to, of selling online and, and you're not directly selling. You're just saying, I have something. Are you interested in it? And if you want, we can talk. If you don't want, it's fine. Um, yeah. So that way you leverage your audience. And then you can also leverage your network of either people you admire, uh, people that are potential partners, basically people that you know would have your ideal clients in their audience or in their network, right? Um, yeah. And, and that, that, that the way I would approach the network of people you admire or are kind of influencers, right, that would have an, our audience is basically doing what you're doing, <laughs> which is creating your own podcast, which is an amazing way for you to create, start a relationship very fast, right? Because you, you, everyone likes to talk about themselves, so it's very easy, yes, <laughs> That's very right? True, yeah. <laughs> if you invite someone, they'll say, yes, of course, please. Even if you're starting out, even if you don't have an audience, it's mm. people that do that, they know it's, it's a good idea to just accept invitations everywhere. And then you start easily a relationship with that person, and then it's an opportunity for you to to uh, then ask for a referral afterwards, right? Look, I have this program. I have a referral program. I can incentivize, I can give you a commission. You know, if you give me a client, I can give you like 500 euros, something like that. Uh, so as you see, like leveraging mm -hmm. your current world, you can extract very, very, uh, very cool clients from yeah. it and uh, make a cool business. Do you think the internet has changed how marketing works? Because I feel like the more I uh, learn about marketing, uh, the, the more I understand that it's really just the basic fundamental that worked before the internet as well, right? So you, you read all these things about social media strategies and stuff and really the things that work, they are the, the marketing fundamentals from a hundred years ago. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's why I have all those... Uh... It all started with with these guys, like the uh, Eugene Schwartz of the world. Mm -hmm. So I also I, I agree with you. I, I the current sorry <laughs> the current marketing and the things that are being sold to us in the, on the online is, is basically um, 
summary of all these things that were said a long time ago, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And that's why also in my, my anti-marketing approach, I go back to the basics of, uh, you know, talking to people, referrals, uh, just tap to your, into your network. Um, so, because those things are timeless and will, will always work in whatever context you're in, even if there's new platforms coming up, uh, new social medias, and you, uh, whatever, yeah, AIs, <laughs> it, it will, uh, the basics of a good business and marketing strategy will, will remain timeless and, and that's why I, I'm uh, I'm tapping into them right now and uh, ignoring all the noise because I, I fell, fell into that trap of <laughs> going after the, the internet gurus saying yeah you're one funnel away or um, very <laughs> yeah. bright shiny objects that like distract you from actually doing the good work and you try something it doesn't work you and then you go after something that sounds easier just one button and then it will work and that, that is a big trap that most of us are, are stuck into that's why I'm trying to okay, go back some, some steps. Let's simplify this. Let's uh, uh, use what we already have in our world. Now, you don't need any crazy things to, to start and to have a, get a very good uh, sustainable business up to the 10K level. Um, and yeah, but you're totally right. It's, everything has been invented. <laughs> Just yeah, the tools yeah. are changing and the context is a bit changing, but uh, the strategy will remain the same. Yeah, I think the, the overwhelm is so real of all the options that you have now. I mean, before the internet, there weren't that many options. If you wanted to sell to someone, you basically had to call them or go directly to them and talk to them. And now, or send a letter, uh, we, right? To send a, a mail letter. <laughs> yes. And now you have all these options of creating content and uh, creating lead funnels and all of this stuff. And you really can get distracted by all of that and not do these basics, like just reaching out to someone and uh, talking to them about your offer. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, the offer is some, uh, the basics, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what are the fundamentals that you would recommend someone that is just starting out in their business um, should learn uh, first? Is it sales? Is it becoming clear about an offer? Or is it just uh, how to um, uh, network with people? What is your best advice? I think I think the the best thing again is, is it goes back to the offer because awesome. if the offer almost sells by itself, you know, if you just show it on paper to someone, look, this is what I created, and if if it really resonates with the person and if she feels if the person feels like this is really me, she, that Tiago or Leon is describing my current life, <laughs> and if he understands me this well, it, it means he's the only viable solution for my my problem. So I'm I'm just going to work with that person, you know. Uh, yeah. And a good offer almost makes up for bad average marketing, you know, even if you're not <laughs> very good at selling, <laughs> if you're not good at creating uh, at copywriting or whatever, it makes up for it. Um, and you can easily sell uh, something through a call with a person, right? You're talking to the person, mm. asking questions to see if, if she actually qualifies, right? And they simply say, look, you need help. I have something that actually helps you with that. And then you yeah. show it to describe, again, the emotional language like that we talked about about the problem and the desired future. Uh, and most likely, if the person is actually suffering of that problem and she needs, and she wants to solve it now, the, the most obvious solution is for her to say yes. And uh, that will be a matter of you making sure that you also include in your offer all the potential objections that people might have. So that's another thing you, you could create in your offer is to think about all the potential things people might say uh, that, oh, I cannot do this. Like I said in the beginning, right? Oh, this is not for me, or I tried it before, it didn't work. So if you, by design, you include all those uh, objections people might have into your offer and present it that way, 
then people have even less reasons to say, ah, I'll think about it, right? Or I don't want it. Mm -hmm. um, you'll start making it. And it, this comes with time, of course, right? After you present it to many people and they give you feedback, you start incorporating all those objections inside by design in your offer. Yeah. And it becomes incredibly easy to sell, right? <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's the, uh, what I would recommend is the, the offer creation. I think it's also so much more relaxing to take this, you call it the, this anti-marketing <laughs> approach, um, because uh, you don't have to worry so much. I mean, I, I worked in sales a little bit and objection handling was always this big thing you, mm. you were learning about and trying to improve. How do I uh, handle the objection? And I realized that um, sometimes it's just not, uh, or maybe even all the time, it's not worth Uh, worth handling ob objections because if you really did your homework and you know that this um, or you are certain that this person needs it or doesn't need it then you, you don't have to worry as much about objection handling because um, mm -hmm. either the person is ready to to use this product that you're offering or he, he or she is not and you, you can't really do much about it so Uh, yeah. I think this this approach is also just relaxing when you when you're uh, making your offer. Yeah, and you, go you don't, to you don't need to do those uh, pressuring tactics, right? Yes, right? yes. <laughs> and it feels it feels bad for the person that you're selling to, and it also feels bad to yourself. Mm. Yes, yes. It's uh, I hate yeah. it. Uh, I always hate it. Very high pressure sales because I'm an introvert myself, so I wouldn't see myself doing it. Uh, so this this is much more calm, peaceful, right? Yes, and. Now we have new technologies, artificial intelligence and all that. What's your take on this um, for the next few years? What do you think is something going to change um, with, with marketing? Is it still going to be the same basics? Or is this, <laughs> everybody is talking about like this is a huge revolution that's coming. The AI revolution. What's uh, your opinion? Yeah, I have a specific vision on that. I, I, I think a lot of people will try to use it as a, something to work for them, right? <laughs> create their own posts, create a whole course with AI. and yeah. uh, But that, in my, in my opinion, will start, everything will start sounding a bit too robotized and a bit mm. similar to each other and uh, not very genuine, right? It doesn't have a soul. My wife says this. When I see an image created by AI, <laughs> I see, feel it doesn't have a soul. <laughs> um, yes. I think AI is amazing for to help us uh, as marketers, as business owners, uh, to, to brainstorm ideas and to think of, uh, you know, make, maybe make a structure of something you want to create, but not just copy paste it from, from mm. purely from AI. It's something we can leverage to speed up our brainstorming processes, our creative processes. Um, but I don't, I don't feel it's something that would be completely copy paste. And I actually feel that most people start doing that, right? Copy pasting AI things. And so mm -hmm. the way it's a good way for you to differentiate yourself from all the rest is to be yourself, be gen genuine, right? Bring your uniqueness uh, to whatever you create. Be inspired by AI, you know, create some brainstorming ideas and stuff, but then create your own stuff. And that way you, you'll be very unique in the market, right? Everyone is using AI, copy-pasting, <laughs> um, so sounding a bit robotic and a bit similar to each other, and you'll be unique. And that's what actually, uh, it's what actually helped me differentiate myself because, uh, in the past, I've been trying to uh, impress people, being some, someone I was not, you know, um, trying to, to come across a very, like, I'm an authority in this, in this area. I know everything. I know my shit. <laughs> uh, it was only when I, uh, I was actually doing a 100-day uh, challenge on YouTube. I was creating 120 videos in 120 consecutive days. 
And uh, on day 30, I, I figured I, I decided to, okay, I'm going to talk to this specific person. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to talk in an informal way. And that actually made a whole difference uh, into mm. my, my world. The opportunities started showing up more naturally. I started feeling more better about myself, you know, and uh, the content creation came, came out very naturally from then on. And uh, I think it, it makes a total difference uh, to, to, for you to differentiate yourself is to be yourself. Um, and uh, AI, it won't change with that, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I it, feel it will help us, but uh, yes. not, not just use it. I feel like AI just uh, is not able to deliver one key component of um, of content creation. There's always something missing. I mean, it can do a lot of things like writing copy, but there's always something missing. I feel when I read uh, AI content, and I think this is really the the human aspect of it. And mm. um, it's really hard to describe, but um, I think people can can feel it when they are seeing AI content that it's not um, human yeah, because it, it's, made, it's made to please everyone right it's kind of a very bland content because uh, hmm. it reflects the general opinion of <laughs> many yes. people that create a tag different texts etc it doesn't reflect a specific your, your unique point of view right your unique, unique approach uh, and the best content in my opinion is also the, the content is a bit um, counterintuitive it's a bit against the the norm It, uh, you you should you should actually have a stand in what what you uh, in your opinion about the world and how you see the world because that's what will attract the right people to your world not not just trying to be very bland and please politically correct and <laughs> and AI content is a bit like that it's the most commonly used um, most you know uh, so that's another disadvantage of using AI yeah yeah. Uh, so your background is uh, you worked that in um, you did a lot of SEO direct response marketing is this right? You worked for uh, yes, so, so I, with I Google worked Ads. At, yes, with Google Ads. Yes, I worked at yes. Google for eight years, and I was being a consultant for the, the big European and Middle Eastern companies yeah. uh, with a good Google Ads strategy and market insights for them to uh, internationalize their. Approach. So, if a Spanish company will export to France, uh, Germany, and uh, using leveraging Google Ads, so that that was my uh, was my background. Um, are you still? Then, uh, yes. Are you still um, doing direct response Google Ads, or is it something? Um, no, 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 no. I I I was overly limited by that. I felt that when I was uh -huh. in Google, I was only doing Google Ads, very limited creatively. Uh, And I was just feeding the big corporations. I was not feeling very, very well with that. Yeah. And then I got tired of corporate world. So I, I quit Google in 2019 to come back to Portugal uh, and uh, help here the local businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, but again, I hit against a brick wall because I was using advanced strategies from Google to create my own business. And that's, that doesn't work. You know, it's, you'll mm -hmm. just a lot of complexity for me and my clients. Uh, so for three years, I've been a bit lost in that, uh, you know, overly complicated yeah. things. Uh, and then the gurus telling me to do other different strategies. Uh, so I tried to simplify in the last last three years. And that's how I came about this strategy, you know. Don't yeah. do you need those still, complicated things. Yeah. Do you still think this direct response marketing where you place advertising online, is this useful for um, new businesses? Um, for You said... I, and I agree with that a little bit yeah. that uh, Google Ads and some of these strategies that are out there 
they are only achievable for companies with a huge but huge budget um, if, if you place ads and stuff like that but is there a strategy for the for a smaller business that can use it well it, it depends yeah we, uh, if it's for local businesses they're like a uh, physical shops and etc it, it makes sense for it to use google ads to you know someone is searching mm. for dentist in your local area and you show up there and it makes sense but you know what i'm talking about is more like um uh, ads for people that sell high tickets, you know, products, um, consultants, mm -hmm. coaches. In that sense, I think it's not recommended uh, to to start off with that approach. Uh, you don't need it, basically. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you can you leverage your, everything you have in your own world. And then once you reach a specific level, like a 5 to 10K, you have an offer that is proven to work. And you have also the uh, lifetime value very cal well calculated of, of your clients. So you know that whatever new client comes in, he will spend all this money. Uh, so I have this much money to spend per client that I acquire, right? So, but before you have all that very well calculated into your own uh, business, and, and of course you need to have a good budget to, to spend on ads. Uh, so it doesn't make sense if you start up from zero and you, you have to ask for a loan of money to invest in ads and then everything doesn't work and ah, you go crazy <laughs> and you quit. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it makes more sense once you have a proven offer Hmm. You know the the pathway with your clients. You know how much money they spend with you, and then you know how much money you are willing to spend per client. And then when you have that figured out, okay, you can start. Then you have a budget, of course. You can start, you know, uh, investing and uh, making tests until you find something that converts. Yeah. So first step, very first step, uh, get to know your client, interview different people um, to really know who you're talking to. Then the step second step. Uh, create a really good offer that really uh, encompasses what you learned about your clients and then the third step just outreach or is yes. this where you go do content or what's what's the best way just outreach into Out outreach your current contacts mm -hmm. uh, leverage your, your current audience with those posts that I said you could uh, extract potential clients from there with the uh, hand raising posts mm -hmm. And then with your networks, network uh, of people that part potential partners, you can create in your own podcast, interview people, create relationships with them. Uh, and then, of course, uh, what makes it puts it all together is the, your referral program, because all the idea of, of connecting with your content contacts and your network is to make them send you ideal clients for you, so that you don't have to be constantly looking for new clients, right? And those clients mm -hmm. that come from referrals is, are the easiest to sell because they come already recommended by someone, right? And that person yeah. is already mentalized, okay, this is a good person to work with. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, just gonna listen to her and then, but I'm, I'm surely gonna work with that person. Um, yeah, so th those are the steps. <laughs> Connections, <laughs> uh, referrals, um, and you make this work. If you have a good offer, this, this will very quickly grow, grow uh, your a cool business for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm, what are some, some trends maybe of um, well, I don't want to say marketing strategy because we cover that. It's, it's not really a strategy. It's just having a good offer and uh, reaching out to, to people, right? But um, I, 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 my background is a video production, so I do a lot of videos. And I see that um, a lot of marketing agencies that uh, place ads on Google and so, uh, they don't use... Um, video ads so much because it's a lot more complex and I think that's something um, that's going to be much more popular in the mm -hmm. direct response niche uh, 
Um, do you also have some insight from your experience what is maybe something that uh, a business on a little higher level that has a little more resources can utilize to, uh, to do marketing in the next year? Uh, I definitely see that video is, is, is crucial uh, nowadays. <laughs> uh, I myself felt it in, in, in my own way because I started with uh, blogging at first uh, and email marketing. Uh, but of course, when I started losing my um, shyness and <laughs> introvertedness <laughs> to start creating videos, that really is a, a crucial point for you because not only for content creation to attract new clients, but it's also a, a skill that you will need to... Uh, convert those clients into clients, uh, those potential clients into clients because you need to create, uh, you know, those nurturing content. It is better if, you, if you're if you seen and you create a connection with the person much more easily. And then, of course, to deliver your programs and courses, you'll need to create video, right? <laughs> um, it's, 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 um, it's a skill that I definitely recommend anyone to, to, to start as, as soon as possible. And a good idea to, to, to um, start losing the fear of creating videos is, is do what I did, which is the, the 90-day or 120-day mm -hmm. challenge where you Commit to yourself, okay, for 90 days, I'll create one piece of con video content per day, no matter what. Even if I go on holidays, even if I don't feel like, uh, you just create, publish, and then forget about it and go to the next one. And that just that action for, by itself, it, it has many advantages. You, you start feeling uh, uh, very comfortable in front of the camera, right? Even making lives, etc. cetera. Uh, you gain this new skill. Uh, at the same time, you start creating content, a library of lots of videos that you can leverage afterwards and say, show to clients, I have this video, like I did this, if you can answer this question for you. Um, and uh, yeah, so it has multiple advantages for you to start creating video. And, uh, and if you're, if you don't, if you like, you're afraid of it, just launch yourself to the wolves, <laughs> create a challenge, <laughs> tell, tell your spouse and your friends that, okay, I'm committing here to make 90 days consecutive. And then that will force you to using brute force <laughs> to, um, to actually gain this skill that is very, very valuable to, to create videos uh, yeah. in business. Yeah, I definitely recommend do, do you have some content creation advice for introverts? Because it, <laughs> I can, I agree, I'm also an introvert. It's really hard to do video content, yes. uh, especially because it, it takes so much energy to just record a video compared to just maybe writing a blog post. Yes. But yes. do you have some advice? Yeah, so the way I, I started beating that introvertedness was doing what you're doing now also mm. with my podcast. Because you're interviewing someone and the center of the attention is not in yourself, right? You're passing the ball mm. to the other side. And, uh, you, but, but it's a way for you to start getting more comfortable with camera. And, uh, and then after, I don't know how many interviews, I made some 30 or 60 interviews. I, I then started my own monologues, right? Creating my own videos. The first one was horrible and the second one was terrible. But if you do it consistently for 90 days, that will go away by itself, you know, and mm. you just forget about you do create, publish, forget about it. Uh, and you don't think about what you've done. If, if you want, you don't watch those videos. It's fine. It's just don't don't go back at it uh, because by this this motion of, of creating things consistently, it uh, creates a new you. It's you really change as a person. It's it's, it's amazing uh, skill to have. Um, and um, And very quickly you start even looking forward to the next video. And then you start having ideas. Oh, I forgot to talk about this. I will, today I'll make a video about this. Or, or someone comments and, oh, someone commented, I actually didn't answer this question. I'll create a content about this. Um, so you even start getting motivated after, after a while. But yes, you will hate the first few videos. But that's just something you'll have to go through uh, without thinking too much. The less you think actually is the best. 
and the more you do, the, the, the faster you'll be more comfortable on camera. If people want to work with you, where can they find you? Um, I'm currently in my internationalization process, so my, my assets are still in Portuguese because I was in the local part, <laughs> market. But you can you can translate it in, uh, in Google Chrome. So go to tiagofai.pt. So t i a g o f a r i a dot pt. I'll put the link if you want. Um, you can lurk me a bit there. Uh, you can send me an email as well, asking some questions, whatever at tiago at tiagofai.pt. Uh, and if you want to discuss something more in detail, like um, you know, talk a bit more about this idea marketing approach, and see if if you uh, make like a diagnostics, if you actually have ideal clients in your own world already that are ready to be leveraged, we can book a call in my, on my website. So at tiagofari.pt/call. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything we haven't covered so far that we should uh, talk about now? <laughs> Um, no, I think you did an amazing job to extract the anti-marketing method from me. <laughs> and we even covered the, uh, uh, the, the video creation, which is awesome. I just wanted to highlight that really podcasting is, is, is an amazing way to um, not only create an audience, you know, because you're leveraging other people's connections and audiences, yeah. but also to create an amazing partnership with the people that you're talking with. It's, yeah. it's actually an amazing feeling and, and the thing that you will take for, for life. Uh, it's a network of people that you yeah. you grow. I love it so far because it's also so such a versatile format in in every way. Like you said, you connect with other people, but you also build this content that you can yeah. cut up in different ways and repurpose in different ways. It's so so amazing. I, uh, podcasting is really the way to go. I think right now for a yeah, lot of businesses, at least. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, and also the podcast audience is a, a very specific audience. They are um, these people with higher income. It's, there's many studies about mm -hmm. that. People that are here listen to podcasts. Uh, yeah. they're very, yeah. They pay attention to detail. They like to consume long-form content. And those are the ideal clients for programs, courses, etc. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially business uh, businesses and entrepreneurs because I think they have so little time. <laughs> they consume on the go. Um, no, they're, not on, they're not on uh, listening to Instagram reels and yeah. <laughs> swiping. They're, they're busy. So on the way to, to work in the car, they listen I, to a podcast. So that's, I love it. I, I put this in a 1.3 speed so I can continue yeah. faster and while driving, while cooking. It's, it's so cool. To, yeah. and, like, and also the books, I, I gained this habit of listening to audiobooks. And it's, mm. it's incredible. You can be listening to Jim Rohn while you're doing the dishes it's incredible you're just consuming content and while you're in you know just doing some chores it's like yeah. fascinating for me. thank you again for coming on it was really great talking you, to you and looking forward to maybe doing it again in the future <laughs> <laughs>